0: I want to welcome all of our campuses and those that are joining us online. I want to welcome all of you to the fifth week of our series entitled Comeback Stories. Come on, let's just welcome all those that are joining us, Baton Rouge, Gulf Coast, those in Metairie, Little Creek, and all the thousands of people that join us each week, Facebook Live, online. I'm so excited to have you guys. Now, we are in a series, it'll finish up next week. We've been looking at different biblical characters and the comeback stories they experience. You know, I said this week one, there's something on the inside of each one of us that likes to see a comeback. Particularly those of you that have liked sports and, and there's something about that, in that last moment, the last 10 seconds of a game and you... And you see somebody come back. You know, this story today, we've been looking at different biblical characters. We looked at Jonah week one. We looked at uh, the prodigal son week two. Uh, By the way, last week uh, we looked at Ruth. I talked about how do you come back from disappointment? Sometimes when we experience disappointment, I mean, we just want to quit. We want to throw in the towel. I talked about how God uses relationships in our lives to help us make a comeback today. I want to look at a man in the Old Testament by the name of Samson. A man in the Old Testament by the name of Samson. He was unwilling to confront his weaknesses. He experienced great failure, and yet right at the end of his life, talk about, I mean, just the last moments of his life, he experienced a comeback. He missed it big time. But yet in God's grace and his mercy, he experienced a comeback. Speaking of missing it, I heard about this airplane. It was about to crash. And uh, there were four passengers, but only three parachutes on this airplane. The first passenger said, I am a leading heart surgeon. My patients need me. He grabbed the first parachute and jumped off the plane. The second passenger said, I'm a rocket scientist, one of the smartest people in the whole entire world. My country needs me. He grabbed the second parachute, and he jumped off the airplane. The third passenger was an old pastor, and he looked at the fourth passenger. It was a 10-year-old Boy Scout, and he said, I'm old. I'm frail. Son, you take the last parachute. The Boy Scout said, that's okay, pastor. There's still two parachutes left. The world's smartest man jumped out wearing my backpack. How I many know there's a difference between wisdom and smartness? I mean, you know what I'm talking about, but it's interesting when we begin to think about in the Bible, and I love this scripture. I, lo- I love this scripture because God records, He records all of the totality often of people's lives. And we're gonna look at something. As a matter of fact, I was thinking about this week as I was putting actually over the last couple of weeks and. You know, I'll prepare a couple months ahead of time and I'll write out different notes and thoughts. And Church of the King was founded 20 years ago. I had the privilege of being a part of the team uh, that started Church of the King. And and I thought about it. I've mentioned Samson over the years, but I've never preached a whole message on Samson. If you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to open up to the Old Testament book of Judges. The Old Testament book of Judges. We all miss it at times. Unfortunately... Sometimes our appetites, our attitudes, our actions, and even our plain old apathy cause us to compromise and to miss out on what God has for our lives. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of backstory uh, with this. I do want to say to all of our campuses and those that are joining us online, uh, in two weeks I'm starting a very, very important series. It's going to be six weeks long. Uh, It's going to be called Brave, a study in the book of Daniel. This is a study I want you to invite all of your friends to, uh, your family members. Uh, We're going to go through and we're going to look at that ancient book, uh, the book of Daniel, and how so much of it applies to where we are today. But today I want to talk to you about Samson in the book of Judges, uh, this little book in the Old Testament. The story of Samson is found in that book, but the real story begins... Uh, Before his birth. The story of Samson, you've got to understand a little bit of the backstory here. The Israelites, God's chosen people, Samson was an Israelite. And for years they had served God, but they'd become complacent in their walk with God. They got lazy in their faith. They got complacent in their faith. The Philistines, and you guys have heard for so many years, if you've been in Church of the King, what I've taught through the scripture. Particularly in the Old Testament, you you hear about this contest between the Israelites and the Philistines. One of the greatest examples of the contest between somebody who was a Philistine and the Israelite army was David and Goliath. David, of course, an Israelite. And one of the famous Philistines in the Old Testament was... Goliath, this huge Philistine where there was, this, there, was this con- there was this conflict between the Israelites and the Philistines for many, many years. The Philistines, unfortunately, have, had absorbed the Israelites into their culture. It wasn't the other way around. You, you, you would have hoped that the Israelites, God's people, would have impacted the Philistine culture. It was actually just the opposite. The Israelites, who were Jewish people, they were... They were called to worship Jehovah God, one God. The Israelites, if you understand a little bit of, or the Philistines, the Philistine history is, is they worship many gods. Matter of fact, we're going to talk about in a little bit, Dagon was one of their pagan gods and they would have these these altars and they would do sacrifices to to a multitude of gods. And so you, you would have hoped that the Israelites would have impacted the Philistines, but unfortunately the Philistine culture impacted the Israelite culture. For decades, the Israelites lived immersed in the Philistine culture. And God was ready to move them out of their complacency and compromise. It picks up the story in the book of Judges. The book of Judges is a unique book right after the conquest in the Canaan land when Joshua went in there and they divided up the different lands and the different areas and the different tribes and... And it was a unique book right before the monarchy in Israel where you had the kings of Israel where you had Saul and then you had, you had David and then Solomon. This was a book where the, the, the nation of Israel was ruled not by kings but by judges. And it was an interesting cycle. They were, they were, they, the, the children of Israel, they would, they would do right and then they would backslide and God would raise up another judge and then they would do right and they'd backslide and then God would raise up another judge. In this moment, they were on a down cycle. And God raises up another judge. There were two faithful Israelites, one Manoah, like Noah, with an M.A., Manoah, who was a man, and his wife. They were unable to conceive a child, yet an angel from the Lord visited them and speaks to them about their son, who was to be a judge in Israel. Judges chapter 13, verse 5, this sets up the story of Samson. I'm giving you some biblical backdrop here. Here's what the Bible says. For behold, he speaks to Manoah and his wife. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head, For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. And he shall begin to deliver once again Israel out of the hand of the who? Come on, say it. The Philistines. So the angel of the Lord shows up to Manoah and his wife. And they get a message from the Lord that you're going to have a son. And this son is going to be a unique child, and he's going to he's he's going to have the touch of God upon his life, and he was also going to be dedicated to God from a very young age. As a matter of fact, he was going to be a Nazarite. Matter of fact, there in the New Testament there was a very famous Nazarite, John the Baptist. That we know about it. By the way, not everybody, quote, that is born in Nazareth is a Nazarite. But a Nazarite was dedicated to God. And they made vows. Their parents made God's. Very similar to baby dedication where where, where children are dedicated to God. It's really parents are dedicating their kids to God and dedicating themselves to God to raise their their kids in the ways of the Lord. But there was something special about the Nazarite vow. Three things about it. Number one. They were to, a a child that was a Nazarite was never to touch anything unclean. Number two, they were never to put any alcohol to their lips. Number three, now this is going to make sense, with Samson, they were never to cut their, come on, say it, their hair. So the the secret of their dedication to God was found in their hair. Samson was a Nazarite. Samson was often associated with great acts of power as you see him as a young man. He did amazing things in the scripture. I mean, the spirit of God would come upon him. He would do just, just it would be like supernatural strike. You're like, no human being could do it. Well, God was with him. Now, remember the conflict between the Israelites and the Philistines. Remember his purpose. Remember why, why he was born. He was dedicated to God as a Nazarite, but he was born to be a judge in Israel to defeat the Philistines. As a matter of fact, one time the Spirit of God came upon him in such a supernatural way. He slayed a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. Now, I read the New King James Version. I primarily preach out of that. Those of you that have the King James Version, there's another word in there. I'm in church. I'm not going to say it. Samson slayed a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a, I'm not going to say it, a donkey. If you didn't get that, you have no idea what I'm talking about. And you don't read your Bible, you definitely don't read the King James Bible. <laughs> it's amazing what he did. While well, he had great giftings and a great power upon his life, amazing supernatural strength, he had a weak character. Samson had a propensity to compromise in his life. Matter of fact, the whole theme of Samson's life as reflective, as a theme, actually, of the whole book of Judges, where there was unconfronted weakness that produced compromise that resulted in failure. I'm going to say it again. Unaddressed weaknesses that produced compromise that resulted in failure. He had tremendous natural giftings and tremendous supernatural giftings. I mean, when God would come upon his life, he would do amazing things. In other words, he had tremendous external success, but he had internal problems. And he was unwilling to confront his internal problems. He had a proclivity and a propensity in his flesh towards sensuality, the appetites of his flesh. He would often choose pleasure over God's purpose. He was disobedient to his parents. You can read it. It's amazing. He wouldn't listen to authority. He he would often be, be marked with these words. I want it. I deserve it. I can handle it by myself. I want it. I deserve it. I can handle it by myself. Despite his weak character, the book of Judges in the very last verse says that he did rule the nation of Israel. At that time, he ruled for 20 years and there was a sense of peace. In other words, he had tremendous leadership skills, amazing leadership skills and a touch of God upon his life. Tremendous success externally, but he was unwilling to deal with his internal character weaknesses. How many times have you seen that in people's lives? Maybe in your own life. I know in my own life where, 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 where there's times where we want to we ride upon our external success, but we're often unwilling to address the internal weaknesses. We, 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 we like the accolades. We like the fact, man, that person, they're amazing. I mean, that business person, I mean, they're incre- that athlete, they're incredible, I mean, they're just incredible and, and, and what they do and the accomplishment. when they get that ball in their hand, or man, that person, they just they are just able to do a certain magic. It's amazing, but yet they're unwilling to confront the internal world. You guys have seen it. You've seen where somebody succeeds in the external world and they succeed and they succeed, but yet. There, and by the way, by the way, when there's cracks in your soul, when there's when there's an unwillingness to deal with the weaknesses, and we all have them, everybody has them. Sell, we all have. But when we're unwilling to address the weaknesses in our soul, and we ride upon the external success, over time the fault line gets greater, it becomes very obvious. It's like whoa. As a matter of fact, external success highlights. The weaknesses of internal character. And that was Samson's life. You guys have maybe heard me say this before. The principle, the wild wow principle. Work on your weakness. I know in the corporate world there's this, in leadership literature, there's a, a whole sense about soar with your strengths and soar with your gifting and stay in your strength zone. And you don't work on your weaknesses. That's talking about your gift set, not your character. You soar with your strengths related to your wiring and your gifting. But, but you, don't, you don't deny and, 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 and leave unaddressed the weaknesses of your character. Because if you don't, I'm telling you, if you don't address them, if we don't address them, it produces compromise and ultimately failure. Yeah, It's obvious Samson had plenty of supernatural strength, but he lacked the moral fortitude and the character. No human could ever come close to doing what he did. Without those gifts. Judges chapter 16 verse 4. The scripture says afterward he loved a woman in the valley of Sirach whose name was Delilah. That wasn't the only woman but that was the last one. And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her entice him. The whole thing was a setup guys. And Tyson, remember, he often served his pleasure over his purposes. In other words, he served his his appetites. He satiated his sensual appetites and lost sight of God's purpose and hand upon his life. It's amazing when we don't see the greater how we can give ourselves to the lesser. Wow. The Bible says her name was Delilah and the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, entice him and find out where his great strength lies and by what, by what means we may overpower him. That we may bind him to afflict him. And every one of us will give 1,100 pieces of silver. In other words, there was these, these, these little like feudal kings that were in this land. And, and they all joined together. And they bribed her. And they said, listen, we will give you 1,000 shekels, 1,100 shekels a, a piece of silver. But, but here's the thing. We are tired of being dominated by Samson. And we need your help. Matter of fact, we, we, we'd like to recruit you. Would you consider... Would you consider being on our team? Please, Delilah, because there's something about this man. By the way, isn't it interesting? Somebody came up to me one time. They said, Pastor, you know, can the devil read your mind? The devil can't read your mind. Only God can read your mind. God is omniscient. He's omnipotent, all powerful. He's omnipresent. He's present everywhere, and he's omniscient. It's a Latin word. Omni means all. Omniscient. It's from the Greek word nosos, science. He is. He is all knowledgeable. He has all. No- the devil doesn't read your mind, but he can suggest a thought and then evaluate your behavior. So he studies our weaknesses. And by the way, he allows you to get to a certain place of influence in your life in the business world, the corporate world, in the world of sports, entertainment, media. He evaluates, he allows you to get to that, and then he takes advantage of that weakness that you are unwilling to address. And that's where that's where Samson is. Here's the moment. He, he, was, he was enslaved to his appetites, not God's purpose for his life. He lost sight of it. And, and, and now, and now And now, here it is, the enemy's moving in. Delilah enticed him to share the source of his strength. Samson was so pridefully convinced that God was with him, regardless of what he did, he began to play a game with her. In other words, he lost sight of the fact that that not only was he touched of the Lord, but it was a stewardship that he had to take care of the touch of God on his life. How many times have I talked to people in our church and said, Pastor, you know what, I just got casual in my relationship with God. I've just lost sight of the fact I thought God was always going to be with me. Matter of fact, I had a business guy tell me, he said, man, I did one deal after another deal. He goes, Pastor, I didn't realize it, but pride crept into my heart. I talked to a pastor just last week. He said, Steve, it's amazing. Every campus we opened up, it was just like success after success after success. And we just begin to think that God's with us in spite of us. We think, well, man, you know, I just, I, I got it going on. That's Samson. I just got to go. Anything I touch. You ever heard that before? Anything she touches turns to gold. Be careful. You Start relying upon your own strength. Be careful. The reality is she put him on a guilt trip and Delilah kept nagging and nagging until Samson told her everything. And he basically confessed. He said, listen, the secret of my strength is I'm a Nazarite. I was dedicated. I was dedicated to the purposes of God My parents came and and they dedicated me to the purposes of God. And the secret is my hair. If my hair is cut, I lose my strength. It's a symbol of God's touch upon my life. Well, of course, he falls asleep. And what does she do? She brings out the clippers. Cuts his hair. Next thing you know, the Philistines are on him. And he thought, he thought, I'm just going to get up. I'm going to grab anything that I want to grab because God's with me and, and I'm going to do this thing. And, and he had gotten so casual in his relationship with God. He had so relied upon past victory after past victory. after He thought he was presently touched by God, but he didn't realize that he had lost his strength. Little did he know and the Philistines came Oh my gosh, I, I don't have the strength that I once had. He'd, he'd, he'd quit reading his Bible. He'd quit praying. He'd quit pressing into relationships. He'd quit pressing into God because his life was happening in the financial realm. His life was happening in the external realm. He had success on the outside, but he doesn't realize that on the inside he'd lost it. And then now, by the way, and now is impacting him on the outside. The Philistines grab him. Look what it says, verse 21. Then the Philistines took him and they put out his eyes. Wow, here it is, a seer. Now he was blind. And they brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters and he became a grinder in the prisons. I can only imagine how much it must have hurt to have his eyes poked out. And then just think how much it hurt in his soul when he realized what took place and you, unfortunately Samson's downfall came as a result of his appetites his attitudes his accolades that, that he had gotten so much his actions and ultimately his apathy the question is pastor how? how how did he experience a comeback what did he do the fact is maybe some maybe some of you maybe some of you that have joined us online at one of our different campuses and and, and, and you've come to this series because you heard it was about a... And you need to come back. You're in a position where you need to come back from God. I'm so grateful to God that the devil doesn't have the last word in the child of God's life. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. You say, Pastor, man, this whole month, whether it's the prodigal son, whether it's Jonah, the reluctant prophet, whether it's Ruth last week and Naomi, and my gosh. And, and, and it's, it's, God is so Merciful. And maybe that's where you are. Maybe you're at a place in your life So past You know, I'm not 20. I'm not 30. I'm at the latter end of my life. You're about to see. And listen, fourth quarter, comeback here. But there are some things that he did. And there's some things that we can do to position ourselves to experience a comeback. God is gracious and God wants to deliver and God wants to help us. But, but we've got to cooperate with the grace of God. Maybe you're at a latter stage of your life. It's not too late. Listen, I've said this many times. As long as you have a pulse, you have a purpose in God. And and God's kept you on this earth for a reason. And God does not want you going into the grave without fulfilling your purpose. And God is a God of restoration. The story continues in verse 22. Watch this. This is so powerful. Then I'm going to give you three keys to a comeback. Let me read this. However, however. So now he's in captivity. The Philistines are mocking him. The Bible says, however, the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. Now the lords of the Philistines gathered together, and they were so excited to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and to rejoice. And they said, our God has delivered our, uh, Samson into our hands. He's our enemy. He's Now he's been delivered into our hands. When the people saw him, they praised their God. They said, our God has delivered him into our hands. Our destroyer, the one that destroyed our lands, he's now in our captivity. <clears throat> so it happened. Look at verse 25. When their hearts were married, they said, call for Samson. Call for him this one more time. Let him perform for us. Oh, we're going to mock him, all right. The enemy loves to mock. Look at this person. Call for Samson, and he may perform for us. So, so they called Samson from the prison, and he performed for them. And they stationed him between the two pillars. Philistines, they threw a party, they're all drinking, they're mocking this guy. But little did they know that God had a comeback planned. Little did they know that the enemy doesn't have the last word in the life of a child of God. Let me give you three keys to a comeback. Number one, if you want to experience a comeback in your life, something has to begin to grow again in your life. Little did they know Little did Delilah know, little did the Philistines know that, that although they cut his hair, it wasn't a one and done. His hair began to grow back. The Bible says in Judges chapter 16, verse 22, however, the hair of his head began to, come on, everybody say it, grow. It began to grow again. After it had been shaven, Samson's hair began to grow. I think we could fairly say that as his hair grew, I think his convictions began to grow. Here it is. He's got, his eyes have been poked out. He's been, he's been in prison. He's being mocked by the Philistines. But all of a sudden, he began to feel his hair again. I say, wait a minute, wait a minute. My hair is a symbol of my dedication to God. My parents dedicated me to God. I, what am I doing here? Why am I here? What happened in my life? And, and, and he began to feel that hair again. And He began to understand, I wrote this down, the memories of God's presence and power began to grow in his life. His perspective began to change. He began to grow again. His strength began to grow again. He began to realize that God had a purpose for him. His convictions began to grow again. My gosh, the scariest thing in the world is when we lose Our convictions. When the Holy Spirit quits dealing with our heart. Listen, as long as you're convicted, as long as what you're doing, listen, as long as what you, when when you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit, it's actually the the best feeling in the world because your conscience is not hardened. It's not so defiled that you've rejected God to the point. God is still dealing with you. And Samson was still being dealt with by God. He, He began to realize, wait a minute, what am I doing here? How did I end up in this place? Why am I grinding meal? Why am I? I can't. What is. How did I end up here? Maybe you can relate to that. How did I end up in this place? His convictions began to grow. His perspective began to grow. He began to realize the more he felt his hair. He began to realize. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. God has a plan for my life. God had a purpose for my life. I wasn't born for this. You know my prayer is? My prayer is that every single one of you, whatever campus you're at, those of you that are joining us, my prayer for you as your pastors. oh God, let the conviction of the Holy Spirit begin to grow in people's lives. Lord, let your conviction grow in my heart. Lord, I'm asking you, oh Holy Spirit, like David prayed, Lord, cast me not away from thy presence. The sweetest feeling in the world is that the Spirit of God still is dealing with our heart. Oh God, let the conviction of the Holy Spirit grow. When the conviction of the Holy Spirit grows in your life, it means, listen, it means you're still tender to God. His hair began to grow and that conviction. Number two, the second thing that I see, the first key is that, oh, whatever, listen, let that conviction grow. The second thing is, you, listen, you got to be in the right place. Judges chapter 16, say, Pastor, how is he in the right place? Watch. Get in the right place. Then Samson said to the lad, remember, he's at this party, and they're mocking him. And he's 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 grinding out things as a is a is working as a slave and 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 he's he's in captivity and he has no eyes and, and then he told the lad he says position me, he says position me between he began to see that he had a pur- he remembered his purpose, his purpose was to defeat the Philistines and he says position me back here, he says put my hands I I can't see it but put my hands. Put my hands on those pillars. The Bible says, Then Samson said to the lad who held him by the hand, Let me feel the pillars which support the temple so that I can lean on them. How many of you know the conviction was growing? His purpose was growing. And he began to realize, listen, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got to get in the right place. I got to get in the right place. You know what I found in my life? I got to be in the right place with the right people at the right time to fulfill God's purpose in my life. How many times in my life was I in the wrong place with the wrong people at the wrong time and it ended up bad? I shared some stories in this message when I preached this message actually yesterday. I, 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 I pre- and I wanna share some things. I want everybody to hear me. I got six or seven minutes left. This is so important. Many of you've heard my story. I got saved when I was a freshman in college and I, I was a very radical kid and my parents prayed for me and did everything they could to control me and, and because my behavior and, and uh, even called the police on me for fighting. I was a fighter. And I, 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 and, and I would go to the French Quarter and get drunk out of my mind. I was messed up. And, and, and I remember after I gave my heart to Christ and this is where I was in God. Maybe this is not where you are. This is where I was. I, I as a Christian, I couldn't go down to the French Quarter for years. And let me tell you why. Because, because I, did, I was in the wrong place at the wrong time and did the wrong thing so many times down there I remember about three or four months after being a Christian I went down there I thought wait a minute time out it was it was it was like a familiar spirit how many know what I'm talking about it was like the smells were familiar and it brought me back to uh, I was in the how many times I was in the everybody say "Wrong wrong place say wrong people and say wrong time can't tell you the times when I made mistakes and I sinned and I, I, I compromised and I, and, I, and I did things that I shouldn't have done because I was in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people if you want to experience a comeback in your life I'm telling you you got to be in the right place with the right people you get around the right people that, that that'll build your faith that'll champion what God has done in your life that'll push you towards your marriage that'll push you towards God that'll push you towards your bible and prayer and the things of God they won't pull away pull you away they'll push you towards it i'll say this respectfully i love my brother but when i gave my heart to christ you know what he told me he said steve you'll be back back to what Oh, Steve, you're all, whatever you're into. No, I needed to distance myself. And there were some friends, and I want to say this very respectfully. There were some friends. I was very close. I grew up with them. I, I needed to step away from them for a season. And let me just say this. If you're an alcoholic and you give your heart to Christ, don't think that you're going to go a month later into a bar. I'm going to win all my friends to Jesus. No, you're not. Go to Shoney's and share Jesus with them. Are you with me? Don't put yourself in the wrong place with the wrong people at the wrong time. And I'm the one to admit it. I I wasn't strong enough to be there. It took me ten years where I can go down there and eat some gumbo at a nice where I thought, you know what, I'm that's you know why? Because that wasn't who that's not who I am anymore. That's not who I am anymore you got to be with the right people in the right place at the right time. If you're with the wrong people at the wrong place at the wrong time. Samson was, listen, Samson was in the wrong place with the wrong person at the wrong time. Are you with me? Man, I'm trying to help you guys out. Number one, something's got to grow. I'm praying as your pastor that conviction of the Holy Spirit grows in all of our lives. As David said, cast me not away from thy presence, O God. Samson was being positioned in the right place. He was being positioned for purpose. Number three, look at this. He cried out to the Lord. Look at this. It was during this huge pagan festival the scriptures record Samson's prayer of repentance. Judges chapter 16, verse 28, last verses. Then Samson called to the Lord, say, O Lord God, Lord remember me. God, I pray this one time, Oh God, I've got to fulfill my purpose. I pray just this once, oh God. God, that I, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines. Oh God, I want to fulfill my purpose. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars which supported the temple and braced himself against them, one on the right and one on the left. Then Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all of his might. And the temple fall fell on the lords and the people who were in it. So the dead that were killed were more than all that were killed with his life. What's the point? The point is his purpose right at the end was fulfilled because he cried out to God. I want to share a story I've never shared with you guys before. And um, I I gave my heart to Christ October 27th. That was one month before I turned 19. I was a freshman at Tulane University. And I went out and got drunk out of my mind four times after that. Twice during Thanksgiving, because my friends came back from college, different places, and twice during Christmas. And during Christmas, I'll never forget, I was at I was at a place, remember, Wrong place, the wrong time, with the wrong people. I'm a Christian, I'm in Bible study, and my friends, come on, Steve, come on, man. Let's go do it, come on, you're all right. Oh yeah, we know you love God now, it's all right, right? No, 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 really, I'm different. I'm different, no, no, yeah, yeah, we do, yeah, yeah, we are too, yeah, right, 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 yeah, yeah. I, come on, Steve, come on. And I remember, I went down, and I was in uptown in New Orleans, and, and we're drunk out of our mind, and I get in a fight. And I get in a fight in this bar. And the next thing you know, I'm handcuffed. The New Orleans police, I'm handcuffed. I'm thinking to myself, I'm a Christian. I'm handcuffed, I'm getting ready to go to jail. I'm, I'm, I'm 19 years old. It's the Christmas holidays. I'm like, I can't believe this. I'm, 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 I'm a Christian. I go to like Bible study. Maybe I'm gonna call my Bible study leader to come get me out of jail down in New Orleans. I, And for some unknown reason, for some unknown reason, actually, there was about three or four of us that were all handcuffed. I couldn't fit. They wouldn't, I couldn't fit in the, in the back of the police car. And they had a car. And so they took two guys down there, and, I'm, and, I, and they, they let me go. And I remember starting to walk, and then that guy that I got in the fight with, he had about five or about six or seven of his friends. They started chasing me. And I remember I started running, and I jumped in the back of a Volvo station wagon. And I'm hiding in the back till three o'clock in the morning. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm a Christian. What am I doing here? What am I doing here? And I remember saying, God, what, what? God, please get me out of this. God, what am I doing here? Oh, God, this is not who I am. A drunk kid that's in the back hiding from some people, but now I'm going to jail. What am I doing? Let me tell you something. Some of you, you're in a place and you just got to wake up. What are you doing in that place? What are you doing late at night looking at that stuff? You are better than that. That's not who you are. Looking at that pornography. You're better than that in God. What are you doing in that relationship that you know that's not leading you in the right path? You know that you've been drinking too much. You know that you're in a place that you shouldn't be. And I lifted my voice. I thought, God, this is not who I am. I'm a child of God. This is not who I am. And I'm telling you, I just felt the strength of God growing in my life. God wants to deliver you. God wants to set you free. Something's got to grow in your life. The conviction, it's got to grow in your life. Number two, you got to learn to be in the right place at the right time with the right people. I finally had a break with those friends because I thought, they're not pushing. All they want to do is do drugs, get drunk, and get in fights. I want to serve Jesus, have hope and purpose, and remember what I did the next day. Come on, are y'all with me? That may freak some of y'all out if you're a guest and you just moved here from Houston. Welcome to Church of the King. I'm Pastor Steve. (laughs) I'm sure sure your pastor never did anything in Houston. But here, I was a radical, messed up kid that needed Jesus. Are y'all with me? I needed Christ. I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads right now. I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads. Regardless of what campus you're at, I'm going to ask everybody right now. I sense the Holy Spirit in such a strong way. I'm little. I got one minute If you're not where you need to be with Jesus, if you're not sure about your relationship with Christ, if you're not sure about your relationship, you're not sure if you die today that you're ready to stand before God, Jesus loves you. Jesus cares about you. Jesus loves you. God's not mad at you. He's trying to not condemn you, but to break the chains off your life. To help you to fulfill His purpose for your life. But it begins when you call out to Jesus. The very first step is, Confessing your need for Christ as your Savior. Do you know Jesus? Do you know if you die today that you're ready to stand before God? Everybody's head's bowed and eyes closed. I sense the Holy Spirit, the conviction of the Holy Spirit so strong right now. At all of our campuses, those that are joining us online, if you say, Pastor, pray for me, I need Christ. I'm not sure if I die today, I'm ready to stand before God. I'm not sure where I am with God. And I want to be at peace with God. I want to surrender my heart to Jesus. If that's you at the count of i I'm going to ask you to hold your hand up high, Pastor. Pray for me one two three quickly hold your hand up high so i can see god bless you guys right here anybody else pastor god bless you right there god bless you ma'am right there anybody else pastor steve pray for me god bless you sir right there i see you god bless you buddy right there anybody else god bless you ma'am right there church with everybody's heads bowed and eyes because let's join with all of our campuses those that are joining us online i sense the love of christ god loves you god's not mad at you God wants to save you and give you a hope and a purpose. Let's pray together. Come on, say, dear Jesus. Come on, everyone, say, dear Jesus, Jesus. I come to you today a sinner in need of a Savior. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I let go of my past, and I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Say, wash me with your blood. Give me a new heart, a new life, a new reason to live. And let me pray. Father, I thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit and the word of the living God taking root deep in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name. I want everybody to look at me at all of our campuses. If you prayed and trusted Christ behind your chair, there's called a a decision card. I'm going to ask you to fill this out. And those of you online, let your online hosts know that you trusted Christ. And here's what you do with this card. We now, because we don't pass buckets, this is really cool. We're not passing buckets for offering. The buckets are on the way out. So now, not only you put offering, but you put guest cards and our decision cards. Which now we can really, this is a much better way where we can follow up with you. We want to just send you a letter thanking you for coming to church, all right? Can we give the Lord a hand clap? Come on, God is moving. I'm going to ask everybody to stand. We serve a God of a comeback. So grateful. So let me pray a blessing. Father, bless your people. I thank you for the grace of God upon their lives. Holy Spirit of God, touch their lives. Lord, let conviction grow in each one of our hearts. The conviction of the Holy Spirit, how much you love us. Your hand upon our lives, what you want to do in us. Lord, let us not be ashamed to confront the weaknesses in our heart. Lord, whether through a small group leader, a pastor, a counselor, a friend. We can be honest about the things that we're struggling with, God, so that we're not dominated by them, that those things can be broken off of our lives. Lord, I pray blessing over your people as they go forth in the wonderful name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. We love you guys. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Wow, what a great message. Thank you so much for joining with us today at church. You know, it really was a great message, Missy. And I just wanna remind you guys, if you've never taken part in Next Steps, which is a short series of classes to help you most importantly, grow in your relationship with God, connect with others, and then really discover how to live out the purpose that God has called you to. We'd love to see you at Next Steps. It's super simple. All you need to do is go to churchwiththeking.com slash nextsteps. You have all the information that you need. You can also register right there. And I hope that we can see you and next steps. We'd love for you to join us. You know, every week we say thank you for your continued generosity. We're so thankful for your faithful giving and we try to make it easy. You can give online through text, the Church of the King app or by mail. Thank you for being a generous church. Well, it's been great to be at church with you guys today. Have a great week. We can't wait to see you again next week.